0: Hello, everybody. It's Brian Janikowski. It's Friday, October the 12th. I'm Christian Thwaites.
1: I'm Emily taken and let's get started with this week's market chat. Well, Christian, we had kind of a wild week in markets. Uh, we had, of course, the equity sell-off uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, um, a little bit of a bounce back uh, on Friday. But tell us what was going on here, and, and what do you think the catalyst for the sell-off was? Uh,
0: that's a very good question, because as we looked midweek and the various news programs all put forward the reasons, there was really nothing new. So the reasons were trade talk. Well, we know that those have been, you know, fairly uh, inflammatory and they're coming to a head perhaps next week with China being designated as a, as a currency manipulator. but nothing intrinsically new. Rates going up. We know that. Um, the tech sell-off, you know, perhaps spurred by the discovery of that chip on various uh, hardware um uh, installations, um, and, you know, er- earnings, sorry, the the Fed being a little bit more dogmatic or explicit about increasing rates. But we knew all of these things. And I think what happens is that you kind of get that suspension of belief and then suddenly all these things sort of come together. And So I don't think there was a particular catalyst other than uh, Treasury market was fairly weak on Tuesday and Wednesday because there were two back-to-back fairly large Auctions for for long term bonds, mm-hmm. and so I think people saw that the bond market was weak, and that triggered um, a little bit of a sell off in Nasdaq, which was down I think four percent when the S and P was down two percent, uh, and then you just take it from there. So uh, that that kind of led to you know everything else. But in terms of you know what news did we have this Friday that you and I didn't know last Friday, and the list is very short. I can't really think of any major candidate, but this is what happens in markets. I think you get sort of, you know, news that, that then kind of coalesces and consolidates and suddenly becomes, you know, everybody uh, starts to act on it.
1: You had also mentioned, uh, you know, the the importance or the significance of um, basically how the stock market works these days in terms of these algorithmic strategies. Um, do you think that, that those played a part in um, the kind of sustained sell off, sell off on Wednesday and Thursday.
0: I think they did because uh, you know there w- there wasn't any kind of fundamental change, and you know, you, do, you didn't have a bank coming out saying they had to take a big write off. There wasn't a big earnings warning from you know a company. There wasn't any sort of major change in laws or economic conditions would have which would have changed the outlook for a, for a lot of companies so I, I think some of that is is at play I mean these algorithms are are just that they're robots they don't have human intervention they're not designed to and I think once they saw something like, you know, we mentioned earlier the NASDAQ. Well, the NASDAQ did cross its 200-day moving average, which is, you know, quite a significant technical term in, in, in the, for people that move in those worlds. And and I think then that kind of triggered, you know, more selling, and, and then it spills over into other parts of the market. So I think that's part of it. We all know the high-frequency traders, although we don't really know how they operate and how they work, but there do seem to be a certain amount of, you know, once momentum starts going it continues in that direction with greater magnitude, greater velocity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those, I think, are, are, are part of it. And also, I mean, it's difficult to put a number on it, but ETFs, as we know, are very, very big. And the, and w- when you move an ETF, even if you take something uh, like emerging markets, you're moving 2,000 stocks all at once, you know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, I think they can have big adjustments. And we saw last week a big outflow out of HYG, which is an ETF that we don't use. The High Yield Bond Fund It's a very big ETF, 60 billion if I remember rightly. But suddenly, you know, that has to deal with, uh, you know, a billion dollars worth of redemptions and prices have to be found and liquidations have to be made. So I do think that that is you know, somewhat contributes to it in the short term, probably not the long term, but in the short term.
1: So we also, they've come back a little bit, but we also saw last week kind of a um, a fast rise in treasury yields. Um, and I'm wondering, where do you think rates will end up? Do you see them going higher?
0: <laughs> well, uh, rates are easy to predict at the short end. So here we are sitting with a 225 Fed funds rate. It, it's almost very certain that the so 100% certain that the Fed will raise them in December, take us to 250, take another two rates for next year, and we're looking at a, getting to three percent. But the big unknown is that, as we've discussed here, the only rate that the that the Fed can can mandate is the Fed Funds rate. After everything, after that, everything else is market driven. Um, and the longer you go out, the less, the the more the market plays, and less the rate policy place mm-hmm. so we've you know we I mean I think that on the 10year we're looking at 316 today so it rallied quite a bit from the midweek where it was 325 326 um, and you know if, if we see a, a sort of a high uh, cyclical peak in rates I think it might be around about 350 um, but it, it's it's difficult to see the entire yield curve moving up by a hundred basis points or more. So, because um, I don't think the economy will sustain the kind of level of growth it's in right now. So, so yeah, it's, a, it's the ultimate tricky one, but, uh, as we, you know, you, you might think about later or ask about later, but we know in some of our portfolios we're we're bringing in the curation and we're looking at some of these floating rate notes, which, uh, which are particularly attractive, I think in a rising rate environment.
1: What do you see for inflation? Do you see it picking up?
0: Well, it's not showing up in the numbers. We saw yet another CPI where I think the core was coming in at two point two percent. That's not the one. That's not the inflation measure the Fed follows. They follow the PCE, the um, uh, the personal consumers expenditure inflation, which has a little less volatility in it. Um, so this time round, it was because used cars, which 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 spiked in price a year ago after the hurricanes. Are now much weaker in price, so they're drawing down some of the uh, parts of the inflation. Rents were not as high as people expected, so um, yeah, it's I mean, and and we've had oil go from fifty to eighty-five, and it still hasn't shown up very much in in inflation. So, uh, look, I, I think we can we can get cyclical spurts inflation, but I still think the overall uh, deflationary forces in the economy are are pretty high. Um, wages are not growing, Uh, labor is not as strong as it was, Uh, unions are almost non-existent in the private sector. Um, There's a lot of outsourcing um, now that the wrinkle here is, you know, that US America has outsourced a lot of its production and low-wage business to China, and if there's more tariffs put on that, then that could increase some inflation. But then... Uh, you know, you don't know whether there's substitution or whether companies choose to absorb the margins. So anyway, I think in answer to your question, I just don't see a lot of inflation. You know, there might might be moderate, but I don't think it'll peak uh, at anything more than two and a half percent. And the Fed's going to be pretty pretty determined to stay on top of that.
1: Do you think we have peaked in terms of the benefits of the last year's tax package?
0: Not quite. I mean, we're going to see spectacular earnings this quarter as well. They're going to be up some twenty percent year on year, so they're still feeding through uh, to the earnings side of it. Um, but this was such a well-known credit to corporations. I mean, it's worth you know a couple hundred billion dollars a year. Uh, maybe that's a little high, but you know something like that. And uh, you know they they repatriated some of the overseas dollars, but Capital expenditure hasn't been particularly robust. Uh, they haven't passed it on in terms of, um, uh, you know, R and D although there's companies that have, but it doesn't seem to be showing up in, in big numbers. Certainly haven't passed it on in extra pay increases. So, yeah, I, I think I think probably about seventy, eighty percent is already totally baked in. And then, you know, if consumers get a bit of a lift, that uh, that might give it a bit of extra jolt, but I, I don't think by by very much at this point.
1: You also wrote about uh, stock valuations. And as we know, when interest rates go up, valuations come under pressure a little bit. Is the stock market, um, I mean, we had this drop this week, but is the stock market overvalued at this
0: point? Uh, as we've been saying, it's it's a little cheaper than it was a week ago. <laughs> but, um, but it's not really, you know, super overvalued, uh, you know, where it's in dangerous territory. We mentioned a number of Valuation metrics in this week's blog, but the one we kind of focus on is the real earnings yield. And that's about 3.7%. And those of you that want to follow this, uh, you know, welcome to see the definitions up on the blog. But um, it, it gets in danger territory when it's, you know, well below three. Uh, so, and it's super cheap when it's about five or six. So we're mm-hmm. sort of somewhere in the middle there. Um, as, I, as I said for a while, you know, stocks are not super cheap. They're about 16 times earnings, but as as and that's cheaper than a year ago, where they were closer to 18. But rates are now higher, so the discounting mechanism to value them, you know, is 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 going to bring them into a lower valuation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's um it it was sort of in that in that middle period of uh, in that middle band, I'd say of of not particularly not super expensive, but certainly no longer cheap, and that makes it a rather difficult, you know, time to sort of continue to commit lots of brand new money to the to the market, although we certainly like the positions that we have right now.
1: If we see this week's action, price action, as just kind of um, you know, maybe maybe some some kind of emotionally driven or algorithmically driven trading. Um, you know, you mentioned in the block that the economy is still strong, that we're still seeing very good, strong, strong earnings. Um, you know, while the, the Fed is tightening, their their actions are pretty much forecasted. Going forward, what do you see as uh, the biggest threat?
0: Well, I, I think it's a combination of the still the trade uh, problems um, and then you know how quickly the Fed I mean, they've been pretty clear about when they're going to raise raise rates. So maybe I'll take that back. I don't think there's a huge, uh, you know, c- uh, concern that the Fed will ratchet up raises uh, aggressively. I mean, there is a small risk of inflation coming through to the market, but we don't see much signs of it. No, I think it's mostly on the on the on the big trade macro trade side. And I think for the next quarter, if companies start citing trade, you know, because there's because they're Supply, uh, you know, operations have been, you know, damaged, or they're going to be more expensive to operate in the future, or they see diminishing demand in their products in their export markets. That 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 could definitely be uh, a risk. But what we don't see right now is a is a lot of leverage in the market, and that that's the one that would you know worry me the most. And it's, you know, there are certain parts of the market which are going to be quite interest rate sensitive, so credit card debt, um, you know. Auto loans, um, but you know, and, and mortgages, but mortgages aren't particularly overstretched at this point as a percentage of people's um, total assets or or, in, or interest payments as a percentage of income. So, yeah, it, it's uh, you know these things often come as a surprise. But I think that you know, if if there is an escalation, a brutal escalation in the trade war with China, then that could be uh, probably probably the biggest risk that we have right now.
1: How big is a factor? Um Of the ballooning
0: deficits. Ah, good point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, deficits are slow to materialize and very difficult to eradicate. Um, And so, what we're seeing now is, you know, for sure, unless there's a, a major change in tax policy in the next five years. Uh, an escalation of the budget deficit uh, and and total debt outstanding, and I think that will begin to worry markets. Mm-hmm. It tends not to in the short term because it shows up in the current account as uh, as a as a positive number or a good number, but uh, eventually, perhaps you know the the premium that that overseas investors are going to ask for being in U.S. Uh, debt is 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 going to increase. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we saw this whole uh, um, sort of um, Fuss about Italy's GDP, uh, sorry, d- d- budget deficit because they were breaking the EU guidelines of two percent of GDP. There's two and a half. Of, well, the U.S. is well on its way to four percent. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the U.S. budget deficit is is a is getting to be a big number relative to the economy, and and obviously a very very big number in absolute terms.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what I'm hearing is that this earnings seasons that that kicked off, I guess, yesterday really in earnest. We're expecting strong earnings, but we'll be looking to kind of the, the forward-looking guidance of, of potentially how um, these trade talks uh, may affect supply chains and uh, business operations. And
0: outlook, yes. It's yeah. all in the, I think for now, we've got a few weeks of uh, everything is going to be driven by earnings. And mm-hmm. I think that will actually lead to a little bit of a bounce back in the market. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're certainly in uh, certainly more volatile times.
1: Well, thank you very much, Christian. Thanks to you for listening. Thank Please you, join Emily. Us next week.
0: And here is the disclosure. Please note that the discussion of our investment investment strategy including our research investment process represents our investment investment strategy the status commentary subject to change without notice we cannot assure the type of investment discussions commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or attractive risk adjusted investment in the future so for general information purposes only references to an individual security not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell that security Securities mentioned in this commentary are only several of the successful unsuccessful investments by us do not represent all the securities we have purchased or the recommended although we deem reliable the sources of the statistical and other information Referred to in this commentary, but cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements in numerical data. Past performance is no indication of future results.